Praise the Lord. We'll look at somebody next to you and say, by the authority of God's word, you are not my problem. Praise the Lord. You can be seated if you believe that. Hallelujah. Now, husband over there, go ahead and sit down. You don't really believe she's your problem. I'm just just kidding. Nobody was standing up. I'm just joking. Glory to God. How are you all doing this morning? Happy New Year to all of you that weren't with us last week when we kicked off the new year. Uh, I'm so excited about 2023. God has great things for his church in 2023. Thank you for your enthusiasm. God has great things for his church in 2023. He's been speaking some things. He's been declaring some things. He's been training. He's been preparing his church. We're in the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen? And so we're talking about, we began last week to talk about a turning point. For all of you that are wondering and and say, you know what, I thought we were talking about authority, the word, the name, and the blood. We are. If you're a visitor, then you you don't understand. We will pick that up in about a month. If you attend here, you uh, absolutely understand what's going on. And so... uh, we, we don't, we're not on a, a, a direct schedule. I really believe that God has some things to launch this year, and they have to, everything to do with the, the authority that we have, the name of Jesus, the word of God, and the blood of the Lamb. But we're going to get this in and come back uh, to the blood uh, being so significant in where we're going and what we're doing. But open your Bibles with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. I want to get into this this morning. I believe that uh, if, if I can articulate this well, uh, it will help you uh, so much in seeing what we're talking about as a turning point and really begin to implement these moments in time. You know, there may be a significant moment in this year that we see, you know what, just so many things turn around. But there are places in time, as we talked about last week, uh, there are just some things that may take place. Maybe this year it'll have a, uh, there'll be a decision or a point in time that changes everything. But then next year or a couple times this year that move you in a direction. But I believe that there's some things that God has been preparing us for. They will demand some change. They'll demand some turning points in our life. But when they do, it'll be such significant change that it will change the way you view everything. It'll change the way we operate individually and as a church uh, as we see what God is doing. And so 2 Corinthians 5, 17, uh, certainly uh, most of you may know this scripture. I hope that you do. Um, uh, really the whole base of the name that is on the sign as you drive in is, is the foundation of this scripture. But it says that any man that be in Christ, therefore anyone or any man that be in Christ is a new creation. Somebody say, I'm a new creation. creation. Say it a little, with a little bit more enthusiasm. I'm a new creation. creation. Praise the Lord. So we're going to get you woke up a little bit here today. All right. Uh, so it's no, I mean, we're in a new year, no reason to sleep through the new year. Uh, it's time to get our eyes wide open. We're praying about revival. Revival means an awakening. That means we can't act like we're asleep. We can't walk through life acting like we're asleep. We need to be awake and alert to the things around us. Come on, now is not a time to not be alert to the things that are around us and just be walking according to the course of the day. But in the midst of the course of the day, be alert and wise. And if we're going to do that, we can't be carrying around things of last year. Can't be carrying around things of the past. So anyone that's in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, everything has become new. 
So we might as well just get that mentality. I know some of you are sitting there going, well, I got born again 60 years ago, and that's when everything became new. But thank God, God is ever moving. We live in a realm of eternity. That doesn't mean when you die, you step into eternity. The day you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you step into eternal life. That means it's a life that has been, a life that is, and a life that is to come. God lives in eternity. He's moving in eternity. So whatever the enemy has tried to bring of your past, even though you've been a new creation, the mistakes that have been made maybe even last year, or the wins that you had last year that you planned on resting on, God doesn't want you just resting on that wind. He wants you coming and looking towards new wins for this year. And so old things have passed away. Your mistakes, your wounds, your sorrows, your wins. We just want to say, listen, thank God for 2022. That was awesome. But we're in 2023. And there's a new beginning right now. And I'm a new creation. And old things are passed away. And behold, I can look as if everything is being coming and being new. And the things that are new for 2023 have to do with God's will for my life. Just as when you got born again, everything the enemy had planned had passed away. The the sin, the guilt, the shame was passed away. And everything now became about relationship with God. And so even looking into the new year and refreshing and recommitting ourselves to that thing that I'm a new creation in Christ. What's done is done. What's gone is gone. But I'm pressing towards something much higher in a much greater place that God has. So Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3. 13, and I'm going to take a breath. In my mind, I have a lot here, so I'm trying to move through it, and I'll try to slow down and save some things. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. For many of you, this is not new, but I believe that the things that we've learned and the things that we've seen, and because the Word of God is alive today, it's powerful today, today, He wants it to penetrate past your soul, your mind, your emotion, and all that to penetrate into your spirit man, to strengthen your spirit man, that from the strength of our spirit, the word of God becomes more alive, more relevant, more tangible, more applicable than it ever has before. Than it ever had. Well, I've been applying the word for years, but God, when God's doing something, there's areas that He emphasizes that then become more clear. They become more evident than ever before. In the healing revivals uh, in the 40s and into the 50s, God really focused on that. Healing was more evident than ever before. Was healing more than ever before? More in God's will than ever before? No. It was ever since Jesus bore stripes upon His back. Ever since God said to his people in the Old Testament. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Healing has been in God's mind for the physical body. When Jesus came to the earth, healing was so prevalent to God, he wanted to make it such a point that Jesus continually healed on the Sabbath day. If you look at it, they're like, they're mad. The, 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 the Pharisees in them, they were upset because Jesus continually healed on the Sabbath day. Why are you doing this on the Sabbath day? They thought of healing as a work of the physician. So you couldn't heal people on the Sabbath day as a physician because it was a day of rest. Well, God knew that. Jesus wasn't rebelling. What he knew is you could do 
something that was holy on the Sabbath day. He was trying to impress upon the people that your healing of your physical body is holy to God. It's not just a work of the physician. It's not just something we're trying for. Your physical body being well is God's plan and it's holy. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He works in and through the human body to break you down. God says, I want to lift you up. I want to make you whole. So it's always been in God's mind. It's always been in his will. But there was a point in time where he made that an emphasis. He made that alive. And people were getting healed supernaturally for a couple of decades uh, as he emphasized that. So there's what we call moves of God where things are emphasized. But if, if what God has spoken, spoken through the prophets is true, the last day's move of God is going to encompass and move through many different emphasis to bring it all together. So we're going to have to be aware not just of what has been in times past, but how is that working today? And if it's going to be a move of the Spirit of God, and it's going to happen in local churches and in localities, in cities where we live, then we're going to have to be aware of what God is saying to us as a local church. What is He doing as a move? And how do we, as the church body, come together, experience it, and take it out? So if we just linger on what has been or hasn't been, what mistakes we've made or haven't made, what wounds we've had or not, we won't be able to see clearly what God is doing right now and into the things that we are walking into. You will be walking into things because tomorrow's coming. We're moving at the speed of life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And unless you have a Joshua experience, the sun's not standing still. It will come up tomorrow and go down tomorrow. And so then you will arrive at tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And each day will have something in it for you. There will be something in it for you that is from God. And there will be a strategy in it from the enemy to destroy what God has in it for you. And we don't want to be ignorant of his devices, nor do we want to play into his strategy, but we want to fulfill what God has for us. So an awakening, an awareness, an attention, we used to say in the 80s, getting our spiritual antennas up for this time. Whether we've had them up before at different times, but for this time, being aware of what is around us, not what is behind us, but what is here and in front of us is important. So Philippians chapter 3. All right, help me, Lord Jesus. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Come on, no matter what we have, wins, whatever we've apprehended, there's so much more that God has. So much more that he has. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I got to forget what's behind in order to press towards the upward goal. We're not going down, we're going up. Amen. The call that we have, have is upward mobility. We're moving up, we're coming up a place. Right? In whatever your place of life, God wants you to come up. He wants us to start thinking 
like he thinks and acting like he acts. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so there is a, an awakening. You know, he spoke to the church and he said, you know, I'm going to revive you on the second day. And on the third day, I'm going to raise you up. So as we awaken to the things of God, God is looking to raise us to a different place of influence and, and visibility of the righteousness of God. God wants you to be seen as a bright light. And so darkness covers, Isaiah 60, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Right now, if you look around, there's a bunch of people who have no idea what end is up. And it's not their fault. They've been deceived. They've been told lies over and over and over again. They, the enemy has subtly been working to separate man from uh, God in such a subtle way that we've just been walking down a path and God wants to awaken, but he says, I'm going to cause my people to arise. To arise. Well, what does arise mean? It means to come up. Well, how are we going to come up if we just keep thinking our ways are the world's ways? We just keep doing things our way or the world's ways. We can't. The way up is to think like God and to respond like he would have us to respond, to do things his way. That's the way the church is going to arise, to step up just a little bit. And so for some of us, it's going to take a turning point. How am I going to do that? How am I going to understand that? How is that going to take place in my life? And so hopefully we'll make a little traction today in understanding that. So Romans, the 8th chapter and the 14th verse. The 14th verse. I want to bring a little application to this today. So if we're going through this and you've been here for a long time, don't, let, don't allow the enemy to say, I already know these things and sit back and let something go over your head. Understand that the, the, the seed, as Alan said, there's a seed. The seed is being planted. The seed is the word of God. The, the seed is words. You know, in Bible school, the other night we were talking about the seed and the word. And sometimes people are thinking, you know, here, I've been, I've been confessing the word for this long. Uh, I've been listening. But, you know, we get into this quandary. Watch what you say. We'll talk about this. We're going to have to watch what we say a lot this year. You say, well, you know, I don't know about, I've been saying the word of God, and then you're just telling me not to say this negative thing. So just as I was ministering to the Bible school, you know, this revelation came to me that the word is always the seed. He said, the word is the seed. He didn't say which word. He said, in the, 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 the parable, the, the, the seed is the word of God. But whatever you say is a seed. And so we have what we say but some people have a lot more negative in their life, and they're like, I've been saying the word of God. Why is that so slow in coming to fruition? But the, the seeds, the negative seeds, aren't. Because the Bible tells us when you sow the word of God, the devil comes immediately to steal it away. Do you think he's coming immediately to steal his own words away? No, not at all. And when people receive it, when somebody says, well, you're just good for nothing, and you go, oh, I guess I'm good for nothing. There's no enemy coming to steal that away. And so, man, he gets to, he gets to water in it. Somebody else will come and say something. Somebody else will come and say something. And, boy, he's cultivating it. You ain't good for nothing, man. Look at right there. That person said this and this person said that. This isn't real. He's good for everything. 
just want you to know, love this guy, man. He, he's here. He's engaged. He's on. So that's why I picked on him because I don't think he'll receive this. But, you know, and so then we get to just walking around, and it comes quickly to fruition. But the Word of God has to be protected. It has to be embraced. Why? Because there's this devil that's coming to steal it. And so in order to see a turnaround, we're going to have to watch our words and know, listen, we got to protect that because the devil's stealing it. And then we can't just sow tares or what the enemy would want out there. And we have to understand that our words have planted something into our life. The word of God, what I'm sowing to you today is planting something, but the enemy will try to come subtly and have someone else plant tares. And so now all of a sudden we're trying to harvest good seed and tares together. And so we're trying to pluck up frantically. He said, just relax and let the word of God come up And then you'll know the difference between the fruit of the word of God and the tares. And then you pull the tares out and you burn them and guard against them ever being planted again. But sometimes in frantically trying to tear up what other people have planted, we even get the good seed torn out. And now because of wounds and hurts, we start pulling up and we defend ourselves even against the word of God. And that's why he says, let it grow up that you recognize God's harvest and you recognize the tares and you separate them. Separate what the enemy has done from what God is doing. Burn what the enemy has done so it's past. Take the harvest of God, enjoy it, and replant it for greater harvest. So everything that God has said, enjoy it, let it produce, plant it again. Everything the enemy has said, separate what it's done and burn it. So we look to see smoke coming from every household. (laughs) And there's something about that. Let me just go on. I believe this is by the Spirit of God. It'll minister to somebody. When you burn that, when the church starts burning all that stuff the enemy has said, it will start smoke coming from every house that will fill the atmosphere that the enemy will try to convince you is pollution, but it's setting the atmosphere for rain. When we dump the old, we burn the tares. It goes up into the air. And when we praise God for the good, it goes up into the air. And the clouds will start to get heavy. And the Spirit of God will begin to get heavier. And the glory, which is weighty, will become so heavy in the atmosphere. There is nothing ready that can be done except for an outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the earth. And it'll fall upon the just and the unjust alike. It'll fall upon the church and bring new wine and oil. The fruit of the vine. And in the world, it'll bring forth grain, the harvest of souls. Come on, we have to be ready with new wine and oil of the Holy Spirit of God as the church so that when the grain starts to come forth, we're ready by the power of the Spirit to bring harvest. All right, that's not my message. Well, it kind of is my message, but all right. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I I, I digress. So we don't think that we know these things. God is doing something, and we want to not just say we know that, but let God begin to minister to us for right now. 
Somebody say, right now. Come on, for right now. There's things that happened in the past, good and, and not so good. But God wants us to see right now, moving into the future with a new hope and a new expectation of what's to come. So it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. How many of you are born again? Then you're children, you're sons of God. And so you are to be led, I am to be led by the Spirit of God. It's very important because the Spirit of God knows the things of God. He knows you. He knows the will of God for you and for me. He knows it better than anybody, anywhere, anytime. He knows the beginning from the end. He sees the eternal life that God's called you to walk in. And not only what he's called you to walk in, but the people who don't yet know him that you're going to encounter, that I'm going to encounter, he knows what God has planned. And for them, we don't, he does. It's important to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Psalms 32, verse 8, from the Passion Translation, it says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. <laughs> He'll stay close to you. Instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I, uh, when I take you where you've not been before. All right, I'm just going to read this all again. It's just getting too good. We might just have to camp here for a while. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. Come on, if your past has been, God, where are you? You need to grab this, meditate on this. God said, I'll stay close to you. He said, I have a covenant with you. He said, I'll stay so close to you that I'll live in you. And I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. When you feel like God's not close to you, the devil is lying to you. When you feel like, where is God? The devil's lying to you. God is right there. He is an ever-present help in time of trouble. So then why didn't he show up? Because you didn't know he was there. Come on, the enemy, if the enemy can convince you God's not there, you're not going to call upon him. You're not going to work with him. You're not going to allow him to help you and show you because you don't even think he's there. But he said, I'm there. He said, I, will heal. I heard the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. That's pretty good. God sees everything. He sees the beginning from the end. It would be good to have his eyes on it. You ever called somebody and used this phrase? Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. I'd like you to come uh, uh, look at this with me or, or look at this situation with me. I would like another pair of eyes on it. What you're hoping to do is grab somebody who has some wisdom and say, I've got some thoughts about this. Look at it. Tell me if those are right or give me some input. How much better eyes to have on it than his. So he said, because of this, don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. Some translations say, don't be like an old mule. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Get ready to go to some places that you've not been before. Come on, this is about God's will being done. Any of you had God speak to you in any way and you've not seen it yet? 
Okay, I raised my hand. We, we need to get going. Some of you need, we'll, we'll speak to you today. We'll help you. All right. Uh, well, what does that mean? It's never going to happen? No. He's just waiting for the time to take you where you've not been before. He said, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. In other words, we're not going to look back at our past and see our heels dug in and tracks all the way like God's like, he said, I'm not leading you that way. I'm not taking you kicking and screaming into my will. If you don't want to go, we won't go. But I'm with you, and I got my eyes on it, and I'm going to tell you this is where we're going and why we're going there, and you might as well just come along for the ride because it's going to be amazing. Come on, some of you can, I can tell by the look on your face, you need a little amazing. I know, I mean, we're working on it, just working on it. This is going to take me longer than I thought. Come on, I can see on some of your faces you haven't yet forgotten 2022, maybe even beyond. Even when I say amazing, you're like, you have to forget. Well, you're going to have to show me. It's going to be a minimum. Who cares if it's been amazing? We're not talking about what has been amazing or not amazing. We're talking about him leading you. You're not being strong, kicking and screaming into God's amazing, but saying, listen, I understand who you are. I understand who I am. I'm coming up and I'm going with you. I'm not expecting you to go with me down this path. I'm coming with you down your path. All right. Proverbs chapter 3, one of our foundational texts as we launched into the year, into December. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. Everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Come on, going forward, it'll be easy to get off track if we're not being led by the Spirit of God. Keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run from evil, and your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Somebody say, take that. I like that. Take that. You get to take that, and devil, take that. All right, Psalms 37, verse 4, from the Passion Translation. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life. And as long as you trust him along the way, he, a uh, uh, guy along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. God's looking to pull some things off perfectly. Amen. Perfectly. So James chapter uh, 1, starting in verse 5 in the New Living Translation, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty 
is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So one thing that we're going to have to look at to receive the wisdom of God and to understand that, Proverbs chapter 11 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Wisdom begins to really work in our life through humility. God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. So moving forward, again, in what we're saying, I'm lining this out, God wants to lead us into great things, and he's going to do it by his wisdom and by his grace, his favor, his ability, and his influence if we will allow him to. And so this being led by the Spirit of God is very important and and to understand. And so in being led by the Spirit of God, there's one, there's two ways. We're going to talk about one today that's, that's very, very important, and it's by the inward witness. The Spirit of God, Romans 8, 16 says, the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Being led by the Spirit as sons and daughters really knows that how the Holy Spirit lives in my spirit, and he bears witness or testimony of the things of God, what God is doing, what God is not doing, what we should do, what we should not do. And it's simply, you know, we, we think, wow, there's just this, this voice I need to hear a voice from God, but he says it's really by this inward witness or this intuition, this sense that we have or this unction that we have or this leading on the inside that we have. And sometimes we don't understand that or we don't see that, but I just want to do a couple of things here that I hope will help us a little bit. So,
All right. How did you know to come up here and sing? I told you, dude. Did I say a word? You did that. I did my action. So you sensed my action was telling you something. All right. Give Mario a hand. How many of y'all uh, think this will go better next service? <laughs> right, having obeyed God once, it's much easier to do it the second time. And so again, I want y'all to be aware that when I asked him, how did you know to come up here? He said, you told me. If we got right down to it, I didn't tell him. I impressed him. He knew me. He saw me. He followed my directing him. And so many times when you're hearing somebody say, the Lord told me, they're doing the best that they can. Did you actually just tell you I had an unction? I had an intuition. I had a leading to do something. And so as we're led by the Spirit of God as we go forth, we can't be looking for this big booming voice. We begin to look to the intuition. But understand this, that without what we've talked about, without the knowledge of the Word of God, of which the Word and the Spirit agree, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, we're not, we're, we're not going to understand some of the things that he's telling us, right? So if I would have called somebody up that I knew had no idea how to play the guitar or anything and handed them a guitar and said, sing, they would have just like put it back down and said, no way, Right? So there, it was things that he knew that he was able to act upon. And so if we don't know God, we aren't in prayer. We, we, he's going to call, but we're going to like, I have no idea. But as we get into prayer. And so I just want to give you this, and then I'm going to end with this statement that I believe is important with what God is saying to us. But as we get into our prayer closet, as we get into our prayer time, many of you already know this, but I want you to imagine this. I want you to, 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 to the best of your ability, get a prayer journal. Some of you write different than others, but get a prayer journal because I believe if we start this process in our prayer life of getting to know him better and better and better, that we are going to come to a point of being led by that intuition. We'll talk uh, uh, in a couple of weeks about really the voice of God. There is a voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to them but in the book of Acts, but they also said it seemed right to us and to the Holy Ghost. It seemed right. Well, how do you know what seems right to you and the Holy Spirit if you're miles apart, but if you're living and in fellowship together? So in your prayer time, I just encourage you to, to write some things down. If you don't already do this, um, I'm just trying to give us a little how-to because I believe this is very important when we talk about turning points and 2023 being a turning point in our life. So really, number one, just to, to talk about uh, this, uh, you need to get into your prayer closet and, and really just get to a point where you just say this openly, inviting Jesus into your life. Whether it's a mess or not, I invite you to get into my life. Even if he's the Lord and you say, you're the Lord, I go to church, you're saying, I invite you into every area of my life. It's just a simple way of saying you're trusting in him with all of your heart. You're not leaning on your own understanding. In all of your ways, you're acknowledging 
Him. You're committing all of your ways to Him. So we can read that, but I'm just trying to give you a, a visual or an understanding that we can rush into prayer. We can go through our prayer process like this and never really, I mean, we're just telling God what we're doing. We're praising Him. We're doing all that. But we've never stopped and say, I invite you. I'm telling you, you got to do something. I'm telling you, you got to get involved. God, I'm telling you, this is my problem. We've never stopped long enough to go, I'm in this prayer closet. I invite you to join me right here, right now, and envision that he is right there in your prayer time. And in that prayer time, imagine however you have to, a trash basket or something to say, wow, the Lord of the universe is right here with me to talk about my life. I'm going to take all of the things that distract me, all the problems, the issues, and all that right now, and I'm going to put them in this trash basket so that's not what's coming up. I'm looking unto him. I'm taking all the sin and all the weight that would so easily beset me, and I'm putting it aside because I have the God of the universe, the Savior of the world, right here in my conversation. I will not waste it on stuff that he already simply knows about. I want to figure out the solution, so I'm going to look unto him. And then every single day, as you get into that place, think of at least three things that you are thankful for. Four, in everything, no matter what your situation, give thanks. Well, I don't know if I'm thankful for anything. Well, if he's sitting across from you, I believe there's some things you're going to be thankful for. Come on, it's going to take you using your imagination and somebody, well, that's just mind over matter. Listen, you use your imagination to worry about stuff every single day that's never going to happen. So you might as well use that imagination to focus on him. To focus on him. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So three, three things that you're grateful for. <laughs> then I like this one. Praise the Lord. Ask Jesus just for a moment. What do you think of me? Well, I got heavy. We got to get that cleared up right now. And if you don't know the word of God, you'll have to scramble because you just listen to the words of people, but that's where you get into the word. So even if today you're like, I think he's telling me I'm no good, get into the word. Because he's going to tell you you're loved, you're accepted, you're forgiven. I think you're awesome. I think you're fixing to do great things. He's going to start pulling out of you the very things that he put in you to be pulled out. That the devil and others have pushed down, he's going to pull them out. Right? What do you think of me? Now, ask Jesus this. Some of you are going to think this is crazy, but some of you is going to take you right into a, a turning point moment. Jesus, what do you admire about me? He might admire that you're a little bit stubborn. You take a stand. After you ask him that and you meditate on that, and you need to write that down. You need to write down what he says. Because if it starts off like, I don't even know what he's saying. I feel like I'm not measuring up. 
In about three or four weeks, I believe you're going to have a turning point moment from I don't know what he's saying. I don't feel like I'm measuring up to he really thinks I'm something. And I'm starting to think in him I'm something. And these are things that he really feels like he's put on the inside of me that shine. So after that, just ask him, this year, 2023, what areas do you want me to grow in and what areas do you want me to lay aside? Where do you want me to grow? What do you want me to put aside? As he does that, then ask him, ask him, where is it that you want me to serve? Where do you want me to give of myself this year? Where do you want me to serve? How can I serve better? Praise the Lord. While you're sitting there, whatever day it is, ask him. Just say, God, give me a word. Give me a scripture. Give me something for right now. Give me some manna from heaven right now. Right now. So we get to that point. Again, we could just do it here. We could, everybody imagine that, but I'm, we may do that at some point in time. Just have a prayer session together here. Get that real in our thinking. But if we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, we're going to have to be acquainted with a relationship with the Spirit of God. Hearing Him say things about us, for us, and know what that voice is, how He's speaking to us. Can't expect to do something out here and respond in all the fray when we're quiet, we're so distracted that we can't hear him. I mean, if it's quiet and you're distracted, how much more distracted are you without knowing it with all life going on? So the key to this turning point is going to be a place of prayer. If some of you don't pray, you say, man, I don't even have time to do all that. Just start. Start somewhere. Don't give up. Don't think it overwhelming. Just start saying, I invite you into my life. From there, we should be pretty easy to go, God, I'm thankful for my salvation, thankful for at least three things in our life. It'll roll you into some things. When you get to, how do you, what do you think about me? You might stall out and have to come back tomorrow. But as we build upon this, you'll start sensing not just what you think, but a real unction. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I don't need that voice. I sense. He's like, come over here. Come over here. And because we know something, because he's told us what he admires about us, he's told us things that, as we go, things that he's put in us. Not things that we read and go, oh, here's some giftings. I choose prophet. No. He'll show you the gift he put in you. And it's very significant because just as the gift of playing the guitar, he'll say, that gift. And by the leading of the Spirit of God, you all were watching, but I prepared you to stand in worship. And the Holy Spirit is preparing some people to receive from what he's put in you. And he's working. And if he's prepared them and you're like, I'm not playing today, we would have had an awkward moment. Took a little time. He looked and was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. You may be awkward. But again, 
Next service, I bet if you're here, that goes a lot more smoothly. And everybody go, well, he already knew. Well, listen, there's some things that you'll already know if you've obeyed the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, I might call him up here, and I might put the mic stand over here. So it's not just the same, so it's not by faith. He'll still have to trust the direction. But he'll know the director better. He'll know the direction better. All right, turn over to 1 Samuel. Oh, my Lord. All right, once again, I probably packed more in here than I should have. 1 Samuel, chapter 10. You'll have to read this a little bit. It's about Saul, who really didn't finish strong, but this is an important thing by the Spirit of God for us to understand. And I wanted to go through all this because there can, you know, in the last days, things can go off on all kinds of things. But if we really get into a legitimate prayer time, not just corporate or whatever, but we're getting into that place. We're knowing what Jesus is saying about us. We're processing that, allowing the Holy Spirit and us to become more intimate about day-to-day life, about how we feel about things and about things that are going on in our life. Then we're aware of that voice. He's moving us through a place of unction. But it says here about Saul and, and reround it, but it says, at that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them. He said, you'll get around the prophets, and the Spirit of the Lord will come on you, and you'll begin to prophesy with them. Now listen, again, just so I'm going to bring it down to the simple form of prophecy uh, in this sense, that while we're praying... It may not work for everybody like this, but most people I know, it does. When the Spirit of God speaks to you, He takes you to the Bible, what you know about the Word. So the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's declaring what God has done for you. And so there's a, a measure, if you think, well, then I'm gonna pro-. there's a place where even in that place, the spirit of prophecy, the Word of God, the revelation of the Word of God will come upon you. But in knowing that in your prayer time and speaking that out, you're going to get familiar with the Spirit of God dealing with you, not just coming upon you because He lives in us. There is a place of anointing, but there's also a place where when we're walking led by the Spirit of God, and we know at that moment I'm just going through day-to-day life and I have an unction. And we come over here, and then all of a sudden we know Right? That's what he's been saying to me, I say to you. I don't have to have a, thus saith the Lord God Almighty, in 10, in ten years the sky is going to fall down. And No. He's saying the spirit of prophecy, speaking God's will to somebody's life, <coughs> what God has planned for them, especially if they're not living in it, is a prophetic word. It's an inspired utterance. It's a declaration of God's word to somebody. It may not be chapter and verse. It may be unction again of what I've heard and what I've seen and what I know. Now listen, he says, when this happens, he said, you'll be changed into a different person. Come on, in that day, even in the prayer closet, when he tells you what he thinks about you, and he starts to show you scripture, and you get a revelation of how Jesus values you, you'll be changed into a different person. 
You won't be that person who's moaning and groaning, who's saying everybody thinks I'm not worthy of anything. I'm not, I, I can't do, I won't do, it's too hard to do. All the, no, you'll start to be changed into a different person saying what you hear the Spirit of God saying to you and about you and what he admires in you and it will change who you are. And he goes on to say you'll be changed into a different person. After these signs take place, after this prayer, after the Word of God, after that you'll know and you'll be led by the Spirit of God. But this is what I want to get to. All that to get to this, but I believe it's very significant because if you just do this without that, it's going to get wonky. He says, after you do this, I believe this is what I'm going to paraphrase a little bit what he put in my heart. After these signs take place, you must uh, do what must be done for the God, for God is with you. One translation says, do as the occasion demands. Well, I was uh, praying about a couple weeks ago, turning point, turning point. God kept bringing that up. Turning point, turning point, turning point. He says, I want to get the church to a place where they do what the occasion demands. They do what the occasion demands. Now, listen, if I gave him the, uh, uh, a guitar and he didn't know anything about it and he, he was, uh, you know, Mario was up here and he thought, you know what? John has really been saying some bad things about me. So he takes the guitar and walks over here and smacks him in the head and says, I was mad. I just did what the occasion demanded. Well, no, he'd be missing it big time. But to know I have a gift to play, and there's a congregation here to worship, I do what the occasion demands. You may be standing there and somebody's telling you their problem and all of a sudden the scripture comes concerning a re resolution and you stretch forth his hand and you do as the occasion demands. They tell you of a sickness that's in their body and you're like, oh, that's pretty tough. You might. And all of a sudden because you've been spending time, he says, I've anointed you. The occasion demands to stretch forth my hand to heal. The occasion demands they need to be invited to church. The occasion demands to forgive no matter how you feel. There's going to be many occasions in 2023. But getting into this place of prayer and interacting with God in this way and getting to the place that you hear the voice of the Spirit, that He can lead you wherever He wants you to go. He's going to lead you places for certain occasions so that through you, He can do as the occasion demands. And boy, will it be a turning point. I'm out of time. Why don't you stand up? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. I pray for this congregation right now. Holy Spirit, minister. Let us all have that understanding, God. Move us to that place of prayer where we interact with you in an intimate and personal way. That we might begin to understand your voice more clearly than we ever have before. We might know what you think about us, what you've done for us, what you admire about us. That we might develop those things from the inside out, not what people have pressed from the outside in. And in developing those things, we know some things that we didn't yet know. We see things we've not yet seen. We've heard things in that place we've not yet heard. We see what to do that we previously could not know what to do. That each and every one will begin a process 
Whether it's this year and next year it begins to manifest or whether it's next month or next week, God, that we begin to truly know, not think, not just press in our own way, but truly know what the occasion demands and that we are anointed for the occasion. Meet each one, Holy Spirit. This would be a turning point year. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know right on the inside there's that thing saying, you know what, today I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. That's what we're talking about. He's not going to talk in a loud, audible voice. He's giving you an unction. Today is your day to accept Jesus Christ and start on this journey that I will lead you, I will guide you, I will direct you, and I will strengthen you. If you're here today, you need to pray that prayer. Let's all pray this prayer together. Join with us as we pray this prayer. If you're watching, pray this prayer with us. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. And this morning, I'm ready to lay down my way of doing things. I ask you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I believe that Jesus came. He died for my sin. And that God, you raised him from the dead so that I could be forgiven and made righteous. So I thank you for saving me, forgiving me of my sin. I declare you as Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, altar workers will be up here uh, uh, to give you just a little mini packet of, of, of books that will help you along your journey. Um, we would just love it if you'd come up, tell them I prayed that prayer for the first time. Could I have that gift that Pastor Mark wants to give me? And they'll give that to you. If, if there's anything else you need prayer for, altar workers will be up here to pray with you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Say this we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day.